Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast, where we unpack the mindset, skills, and wisdom it takes to become an uncommon leader in a common world with your host, the Uncommon CEO himself, Andrew Smart. Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast, here with Andrew as usual. Andrew, what's on your mind? Well, Matt, uh, glad to be with you again. Um, Came off a good weekend, took my son deer hunting this weekend. Oh, the bag of buck? He uh, did not. Mm-hmm. We had a good weekend, and it's uh, the first time he has gone. And we've been planning this this whole season. It's uh, his first time going. We've gone through the process of teaching him proper hunting skills, training him how to shoot a rifle properly. And we had planned to go early in the year, but then he got the flu. Mm-hmm. So we weren't able to do it. So we got this weekend the opportunity to do it. And I wanted to go when it was a little warmer, so we chose to go when it was cold. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's how it works out every time. So it was a great time for a father and son to get up in the stand and just spend quality time together being still. So what made you want to choose that activity to do together? He's been on me about going, and I appreciated the time together. It was a wonderful time, um, and I was really proud of him. You know, that when you, when you go deer hunting, of course, you – obviously have to be quiet and still and listen and watch. And so that's hard for an adult. Oh yeah. Imagine for a kid, I'm trying to think about taking my middle son hunting and being still, and I've I've yet to see him still in nine years. So yeah, Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's hard for, like I said, an adult. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk today about uncommon meetings and, and, you know, we, talk about listening and being still that's hard right yeah it's hard to maintain focus it's hard to not let your mind drift in any facet of life especially in meetings areas like that so yeah being able to completely be in the moment and not elsewhere is a, a thing that all of us can improve on and that's what i appreciated this weekend of having with drew that we could be up there and there were times i was like drew shh okay we gotta be quiet here Okay. Because I mean, you, you're using all your senses. Okay. You're obviously you're, you're watching and, and he liked to get up there with his binoculars and watch. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, You're listening and you're kind of, I mean, you're, you're just kind of using everything in that environment to, 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 to grab the environment and take in. And so it was a special time. Um, Unfortunately, we weren't able to see anything, but we were to have that special you know, time together. So, um, and we'll do more of it. The season's coming to an end here at the end of the month. And, uh, we might be able to step into, uh, maybe some bird season here mm-hmm. uh, over the next couple of months, but, uh, we did get out in deer season. It sounds like a great weekend. It was a great weekend. So as you mentioned briefly, the topic of today's podcast is going to be uncommon meetings. What it takes to have a meeting that engages your team, that gets people interacting, that you leave with actionable objectives from it. But how do you do it in an uncommon way? Well, I think the word you put out is engaging because that's where you want to be. How can you truly engage with your team, your people, your organization? And Often meetings aren't engaging. Many times we can all go to meetings that are information gathering, mm-hmm. um, but they're not engaging meetings. And what I want is engaging meetings. I start off meetings different than 
many other people start off meetings. I, I want to kind of diffuse the mind when I start a meeting. I want people to kind of just kind of let's, let's do like a reset because our meetings don't start at 8 a.m. in the morning. They normally start about mid-morning. Mm-hmm. And so I want to diffuse the mind. Everybody's kind of gotten their seat. They're kind of doing things. By the time we kind of group up a meeting, I want to kind of level set it. I want to get us thinking a little differently. And the best way to do that is to get outside of our work environment and our thought process. So that's how I initiate into a meeting that is starting off talking about, hey, how was your weekend? Hey, you know, let me share a little story on my family. Hey, here's, you know, something going on in my mind. And then I'll tell a story. Or, you know me, I like to tell a little something on history. Mm-hmm. Or I'll get into like a, just a little leadership thought. And I think that's how you first start a meeting to get people thinking a little differently. You got to rope them in from the beginning to know that it's not just jumping straight into the agenda. Sometimes jumping straight in, you don't get the time to stretch your brain before the meeting really gets rolling. We, we had this trained approach to life, you know, that we, we get up, you know, the, 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 usually it's iPhone these days. So we get up and the alarm goes off and we go into this automatic process. And that's how we, we interact our lives. We automatically go to this step, to this step, to this step. And that's how we do it. And I, I want to get up this automatic brain process so that we can utilize all of our mind and think differently, get into elements of logic, reason, and creativity. And to do that, we got to engage the whole brain. My process, my true process, is to do that with you, to help all of you kind of all right, let's stop, relax, and just listen and think differently. So that's how I do that. And then I'm 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 often getting you to engage all in it. So I'll, I'll kind of ask questions, um, get get the team to 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 you know if I see some that are engaging, then I will I will get them to engage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that might make people a little uncomfortable. What's the value in introducing an element of uncomfortability sometimes to a meeting. It's hard to grow in comfort. We've talked about that in these podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to to get people uncomfortable. Um, we have others who who are quick to respond. I, you're one of those. I'm aware. You know, so if <laughs> I ask a question, you're pretty quick and and I know that and there's a few others in the meeting. So I I like to to get a diverse reaction. Sometimes for me in my position, I can get a little frustrated because it's hard in a leadership role when you're looking for a reaction and you get no reaction. Yeah. That's a very frustrating position to be in because we all feed on different kinds of energy. Okay. Well, when you're a relationship person, we've talked about relationships and, 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 and leadership, I mean, it's all relationships. And when you, have no energy coming back, you feel all the energy being sucked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've noticed from the stance of being okay, being uncomfortable, sometimes you just be silent until you get a reaction, until you know the audience is engaged. You know my style. My style is I will start pressing that reaction. Yeah, absolutely. And so because I, when I, when, I, when I feel a lot of silence, 
then I start getting a little agitated and I'm like, no, I, I want a reaction. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I need that reaction. That, I mean, it, it just, it, it doesn't sit well in me. And I'm like, I need that reaction. And so I'm just going to push harder and harder till I get it. And, you know, that's what I want our meetings to be. We've got to be uncomfortable. We've got to have an environment where people are going to interact. You know, we are relationship people. And I think about our society today, a very technological society. You know, all kind of interfaces of technology, you know, email, social media, stuff like that. But that is not relational. That you don't relate to people that way. You relate by having what we're doing right now, Matt. This is relational right here. We're connecting. You know, we're we're we're, we're communicating the way, and from my opinion, the way that God designed us to communicate. We weren't born with iPhones in our hands. <laughs> no, yeah, no, absolutely we, not. No, we we were born to use the God-given skills of communication, and all these other tools are just things that we can use to enhance it. So you mentioned something earlier that stuck out a little bit to me. The the idea of we don't step into the day in a meeting, that there's not necessarily a a consistent time that all of our meetings happen. I know for my teams, I hold a meeting at 8.18 each morning because that number might stick out, gives you a reason to remember it. So what is the value in maybe having meetings off a off a regular cadence or outside of the normal times that one might expect to start their day. So John Rockefeller did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So he had his key staff, his key directors and leadership, you know, every day hold a 10 minute meeting like around eight 15. Mm-hmm. And it was every day they had a cadence of a 10 minute meeting, no longer, no less 10 minutes every day, eight 15. And, he felt the importance of having that consistency and that gap to get everybody on the same page, you know, was just, you know, necessary, you know, for, for everyone to truly be able to be at their top performance because he was a high performance leader. And I think that, you know, whether it's, you know, having that, that, that random time, you know, as like, Hey, you know, I mean, eight seventeen, whatever number it is, you know, that counts like it's kind of like an, an odd number mm-hmm. and everybody can kind of remember it. But I think it's having the consistency is the key. Do you ever skip a meeting? Because nah, we don't have much to talk about today. I, I think I think that uh, people like to. While we like to as humans, I think that it's important for us to stay consistent. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like we've talked about on this podcast about exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've kind of exercised three or four times this week, but. I might skip a day. Well, you can, but and and we do often, but would it be better for us to kind of keep consistent in it? Yeah, absolutely. And having a certain time that's set on the schedule certainly makes it a lot more possible to be consistent. You know, when we talk about consistency and brought up that word many times about how consistency is not a sexy word. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a critically important word. And uncommon meetings are about being consistent. Matter of fact, one of the things that you've heard me say over and over about the those particular meetings being that we have every Tuesday at 1030. 
at 1030, we start at 1030. Well, if you're not there at 1030, what's my mindset? You're you're wasting everybody's time and you've disrespected the meeting and all of your colleagues by not being on time. It is absolutely that. You're, one, we have a consistency and a cadence of being always at 1030, starting, going, and, and, and it's living by that consistency. If we change that, what does that do to us as an organization? Yeah, I always see it as... Um you, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile type mentality where you let little bits unravel and the larger picture unravels a little more and a little more and a little more every day until you don't have the buy-in of the team around you. Let's dive a little more into what, is it, what does it mean to, to have uncommonness in a meeting? I think first to have uncommon in a meeting, you got to have trust. Mm-hmm. Because trust is the foundation of any team. You know, that, that if you're going to have a, a, a meeting that can truly come together and deal with difficult topics, I mean, we're having meetings not to sit around and talk about everything being great. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there is not a meeting that I'm ever going to hold that's about, you know, let's just talk about how everything's fantastic. You know, everything's going great. You don't have meetings for that. Yeah, it's not for high fives and chest bumps. It's for exactly. dealing with the harder topics. Correct. That's why you have meetings. Meetings are all about solving problems. Sure, you're going to talk about some wins, but the point of meetings are about solving problems, obviously giving information, getting everybody on the same page. But to do this, you have to have trust okay but with trust must come another word that other word is trust allows for candor now what is candor candor means being honest in a respectful way is how i see it with if you have something on your mind that applies to a colleague even if it's an uncomfortable conversation it's addressing it it's being honest with them around it and knowing that the end goal is getting better through candor. The meetings that I sit in day in, day out are normally high level meetings. Okay. You've, you've got, you know, everything from middle management all the way up. If you're in those positions, you have to be able to deal with difficult and highly sensitive information mm-hmm. and, and, and deal with tough decisions that have to be made. Often they're come from the lens of different departments. And when we deal with departmental issues, there can be times of defensiveness, right? Absolutely. Okay. When we get defensive, there can be, because we're human, feelings, right? Yep. Tends to be feelings. I don't think there are too many meetings that feelings don't find their way in there. Okay. But what trust and candor allows for is us to be able to have that kind of information and talk through that should allow for the feelings not to be the pervasive issue on the table. Because if we let feelings play out 
in in all of our issues, what's going to happen? People will allow their feelings to dictate their actions and their emotions, that you'll get people triangulating around feelings that sometimes can exclude other departments. I mean, there's a, a number of, of bad effects that can come from that. I mean, candor allows for respectable honesty because it's people trying to make each other better. It's elevating your team around you. I'm glad you brought up the word triangulate because I did a talk in one of our meetings about triangulation. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think a lot of people don't understand what triangulation is. But to kind of break that down, that would be like, you know, Matt, hey, you bring an issue to me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and and so what do I do with that? I bring you bring that issue to me, and and then you know I go over there and talk to John over there, right? Mm-hmm. On your issue, and what does John do? He's going to sympathize with him. Oh yeah, that other guy. He's a he's a real bozo. That one, and you know you've got two people that are now against one other person or against another group because they want to sympathize with the feelings that got introduced within the issue. Right. And so and so rather than you and I kind of working out the deal, we create the issue by create by inserting John into the issue, right? Mhm. Creates bigger issues. Yeah. And if you can handle those in a respectful manner with candor when all of the parties are present, it uncommonly can stay away from things like triangulation that happen outside of the shared environment. So I think, you know, when we look at, you know, what do uncommon meetings, because they're not just about what we do in the larger settings of our meetings. They're they're also broken down. What do we do in departmental meetings? Mm-hmm. What do we do in, you know, what what do do y'all do in in your peer meetings? You know, how do y'all interact with each other? What is your level of respect with each other? Mm-hmm. You know, what is your level of follow through with each other? You know, that's that's what's uncommon. I mean, in this in, in, in the world that we live in, you know, where where do you take, you know, that level? Because in our world today, I mean, where you I mean, people today are very self-serving. I mean, that, it's not hard to find self-serving people. Nope. Throw a stone. Yeah, I mean, it's I see it all the time. I, I've seen it in our own organization. We work hard to to root it out, but it's easy to find people who point fingers. That's not hard to find in this world. But what we look for is for people, if they're going to point a finger, where should the finger be pointed? Oh, usually you should be looking in the mirror. Point the finger at yourself. Mm-hmm. I've always believed this. You know, if there's ever a problem, the first analysis of the problem is to find out if you're the problem. I mean, that's that's where the analysis should always be. You know, and that's the, you know, in, in in a meeting when we when we throw a problem on the table and we look at, you know, that problem, you know, in that meeting, that's how good leaders should always look at it. Have I done my job? Have I have I done my part first? Because if you've done that, then you can come to the problem and really objectively look at it and say, okay, now what can I do to help with the problem? I think what links to reflection and to trust is accountability. Where do you see the importance of accountability as structured within the group setting? Well, I mean, accountability, 
while it's a word that that is we all understand what that word means but i don't think we all understand how to live up to that word what do you mean by that well i mean accountability on the on the on the one hand is an easy word to say but it's a hard word to live because we're all good at kind of shirking it mm -hmm. i mean that's the truth i mean it's it's you know i mean it's kind of like the word excuses mm -hmm. we all have our playbook you know and we all don't admit it but we all have a good playbook for excuses you know why we didn't do it you know who else should have yeah done that's it. i mean it's, <laughs> exactly. we, we have yeah. that playbook we all have a mental playbook of excuses and it goes like it's like you know, we, we have the accountability book on this table and we have the excuses book on this table and 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 we got the ones that they all line up and 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 we play them at different times of our lives and situations. And so and so while we while we need to be reading this book more, too often we're into this book more. Yeah. And I think an uncommon group meeting is where accountability can come to the surface in a respectful, candid manner so that you get results out of it. It is. I mean, Matt, I was just uh, this morning, I had to go to um, one of our auxiliary warehouses. And I had in my mind built up what I was going to go over there and see. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, because I had, for the longest time, I had been hearing these, you know, kind of scary stories of, you know, oh. what was over there. Oh, I've and been I, there, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had, and I had, you know, built in my mind this, you know, just awful scenario. And so, so when you've built like anything in life, when you've kind of built this terrible scenario, you, you, you've prepared yourself for what you're going to walk into. And so I get there and while it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't great, it wasn't near what I thought I would, see but what i did see was really a lack of accountability from things that you know we've gone through in these meetings mm -hmm. and so and so going back to what we're talking about kind of in this uncommon meeting mentality okay to have an uncommon meeting it requires uncommon people right yeah absolutely Okay, so I think really what we're really talking about in uncommon meetings, you got to define what is uncommon people. And since we're in an uncommon podcast, okay, it goes back to what is uncommon. I mean, so so you, you got you know you got to break it down to uncommon are are, are people who want to do things differently, mm -hmm. who see things differently, who value things differently. And are willing to take those steps, you know, and they don't, they don't make excuses for it. And that's, so an uncommon meeting is a group of people who are that way. And so that's what I've been working for my whole journey is to be surrounded by that kind of group and have meetings with those kind of people. And what makes an uncommon person in your mind? Like how, how do you structure the attendees and the engagement of the attendees 
to make them uncommon and to think differently within that setting? Um, uncommon people. So we're, we're, you talk about, you know, sometimes my challenge to get interaction. Mm -hmm. Candidly speaking, um, uncommon people do interact and they do ask good questions. Yeah. That, that, you know, I think it's kind of hard to be uncommon if you just stay quiet all the time. How do you foster the quiet person in the room to become that participant that elevates everyone around them? I, I told you this one time that the quiet person always makes me nervous. <laughs> always makes me nervous. Many times, you know, in, in my journey in, 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 in positions of higher, higher positions in my journey, the quiet person was someone who kind of put me in bad positions. That's why they always make me nervous. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you're dealing with difficult situations and that person's not saying anything, I mean, and then you get down the road and you realize now I know why they didn't say anything. Yeah. They may have had something. Yeah. They had to, they, they knew something. They didn't yeah. tell you mm -hmm. that you could have done something. And I've seen that too often. And so, it doesn't mean that someone's quiet is always that way. Sometimes a quiet person has fallen into the trap of they said something, it's come back to bite them. Now they're a little gun scared, a little, you know, shell shocked. And they're so it's kind of working through that. But I, I don't like quiet. I'd rather you speak up and say something. And maybe, maybe it's wrong. That's okay. Speak up. Mm -hmm. So with that, People knowing when to speak, when to engage. Do you think a successfully uncommon meeting is driven by a tight, thoughtful agenda or that you just kind of roll with the punches as it goes? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different ideas around this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's different styles. There are people who don't like my style. Um, we have, you know, we have agendas. Um, there are people who would, would enjoy different cadence. Um, and what I, what I know is that styles are based on personalities. Okay. I mean, if you, if you have a person who is a highly analytical person, you know, it, it, then their brain is what drives their style mm -hmm. you know that that they're they might be totally numbers focused and that's what they want to do everything is numbers focused everything business-wise is number focused everything is kpis everything is data driven everything is and here's the thing about what i'm gonna tell you about that if we if we went through every meeting and everything was data kpi you know i mean analytic all the time business is not all analytics i mean that's the one thing that I've always tried to press into those people. Why we do need the KPIs. We do need the analytics. We need them bad. It's not all business. Okay. You can't, you can't, you don't build business totally on that. You don't, you don't, you don't lead people strictly on analytics. Yeah. You'd never take a risk if you did. Well, I mean, you know, I can't help you. Totally be better, Matt, just on what the data says. I can't lead you if I don't know you. Well, but sometimes it's hard to get analytical people to understand relationships. Sure. 
That's what I'm saying. Because they will too often stick into that realm and say, okay, that's great, but how do we deal with it? I mean, that's what I'm saying. So there's so yes, the agenda does matter. We need to stay on a cadence and an agenda. Okay, that that is important. You know, there's you know, the 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 way I start a meeting, um, which you've been part of me for years doing that, um, there there were those who have been with me in the past who didn't like that. Yeah, you know, they, they want to jump straight in, not talk about any sort of historical facts or things that are or going on. Or me tell a world. story or mm-hmm. to they, they they didn't want that. They didn't I I feel like personal development is critical. Okay. I, I believe in personal development and and they want to go straight into whatever whatever they felt like, whether it was a sales issue or whatever the major issue on the quote business front was. And I just didn't feel like that was where I want to start a meeting. And I've been doing that from the very beginning. I mean, literally from when I started the franchise company, I started out every meeting doing some type of development from a book and talking and have the team talking. I've been doing that from my twenties and I'll do it for the rest of my life. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change who I am, you know, because that's what they want to do. I, I, I laugh about this. Um, for as long as I've been doing this, it's funny, you know, that when you bring people in the organization, they want to change who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that I always laugh about that. Well, wait a minute. I, I brought you to, you know, I brought you in to compliment into my weaknesses, not try to get involved in my strengths. True. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, don't, 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 don't get in the way of what I know I'm good at. Mm-hmm. No, your job is to get over here in the areas that I need you in. Not, not what I know I'm good at. And so, you know, that's that that part of me is never going to change. I'm not going to go into to, you know, to our Tuesday meetings and ever change, okay? That I promise you. From now till whenever, that's never going to change. Let's say some of our listeners may be starting their own business. They've got a team they want to grow with, they want to lead and they want to impact them from the start. What's the bit of advice and how they can lead those team sessions that you would say is most important that they follow? So you've got a leader who has a group of people that they want to influence. Well, ultimately, the first thing that they have to make sure of, that the people that they have on board with them buys into them. You know, that that is critical. Funny, uh, funny story. The first group of people that I had on board with me in my first company absolutely bought into me. That was an absolute. I mean, I I'm young, and while I I am young and cocky, confident, you know, not knowing truly what I'm doing, they bought into me. They didn't know where we're going, in the sense I kind of knew where I was going, you know, but. You didn't know how you were going to get yeah, there. I, you yeah, know, I mean, sure. I knew it as, and, but they bought into me. They wanted to go somewhere. We're, we're young, ambitious. You know, it, they bought into me. And, you know, what happened to me, Matt, was that, you know, when I went through the the trials and down, and then when I then became successful again, it was the next wave that 
they bought into my success. Hmm. They didn't buy into me, and that is the total different deal. They were bought into, you know, the money. Yeah, the promise of affluence. That is what they bought into. They were not bought into me. And so they wanted to they wanted to ride on that, not me. And what I unfortunately didn't realize is is that I thought they bought into me. And I don't want to be around people and I don't want people around me that don't buy into where I'm going because I'm focused on where I'm going. And if you want to be with me, then you got to be focused on where I'm going. And if you don't want to go where I'm going, then get the hell out, period. I think that's fair. So, Andrew, one thing I've noticed from knowing you for years and seeing you lead the team is passion certainly comes out in these group sessions. How does the uncommon leader uh, integrate passion into something that can be as mundane as a weekly meeting? Well, man, I'm going to whip my whistle on this one real quick. Okay. Because, um, you know, I'm a pretty passionate man. I'm aware. And you know that in our meetings, I'm, I listen a lot. And, you know, because I allow all of you to interact. I, I often think that I, my role is to allow all of you in your positions to work through whatever issue or whatever the topic is on the agenda. But oftentimes there are moments where, where I feel compelled to step in. And, and many times those moments trigger my passion Mm -hmm. and, and my passion can come out very strong and, and I'm not afraid, you know, for it to come out that way because I think sometimes that's needed, you know, to, to, to emphasize into all of you that, you know, this is serious damn business, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, that if, 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 if there's this argument or if there's this lack of freaking decision, you know, I'll drop some F bombs, right? Yeah. I've heard them. Yeah, you have. Because you know, I mean, effing business. That that we're not playing around. This is serious. You know, we're impacting lives. Yeah, people's you know, that families count on families, what we do. all of it. You know that you're here to make decisions. This isn't chess or checkers. You know that's why you're here. And if you can't do it, then get the f out. That's what I'm talking about. That's passion. All right. So we've talked some great stuff about what it takes to have an uncommon meeting. We're wrapping up. It's fourth and goal. What's your play? Matt, fourth and goal is about making decisions. I mean, that's that's it. If you're not if you're not in these meetings to make decisions, then you're truly wasting time. You know, you're gonna go through life, whether it's in business, whether it's in family or you know, relationships, you're gonna have situations, okay? You've got to be able to connect. You've got to be able to be transparent. You've got to have trust. Okay, you got to have all this kind of stuff. But most important in life, you got to make decisions to move forward. Period. Thanks for joining us today on the Uncommon CEO Podcast. Subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. We have video episodes on our YouTube channel and more Uncommon Wisdom on our social media. Find all our links and resources at UncommonCEOPodcast.com. 
For Andrew Smart and all of us here at The Uncommon CEO, stay uncommon.